Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, travel partner, the Reverend Professor Jason Oakland. Um, hopefully not too loudly in the background, you hear the air conditioner running. Well, hopefully you don't hear it at all, but if you do yes. hear it, hopefully you hear it not too loudly. It is, uh, it's like 90, right, in Milwaukee yep. today? Yep. 90, still a little smoky, a little hazy. And very humid. And very humid. And we are on the third floor of a building that was built long before um, regular air conditioning Mm -hmm. was a thought. And on top of it, there really is not any breeze to speak of today. Yeah. And so we have window units, and uh, we're up on the third floor, and the, the rooms just bake all day and the window units do their best uh but i feel as uh if turning it off right away with two dare i say jason hefty men yeah who are already glistening a little yeah uh maybe might not be the wisest choice if i keep hearing it come through the background then i will mute myself get up and go over and and turn it off but uh I have to say, this room is way cooler than my office is. I don't think my unit in my office really works for much, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that seems to be struggling a bit. but In my office? Yeah, in yeah. your office. The, in here, it's not bad. Well, and I think I get, I get the sunrise, and then I mm-hmm. get the sun most of the day. Yep. And, right, yeah. And mine is kind of set up where there's a bunch of huge gaps. Yeah. Which let the heat in. Yep. Which runs counter to the purpose. Yeah. Yep. Of an air conditioning unit. But I'm a trooper, and I deal with it. Yep. And uh, it's not. Lots of people don't have air conditioning, Jason. That's right. That's what I tell myself. That's right. Lots of people don't. Although, we don't live in a society where that's true. <laughs> that is also true. But, but lots of people don't. We are a part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. You can go to 1517.org. Check out all the good stuff that's happening over there. Jason just had an article out today, uh, article devotion. You can check that out if you should so desire. Um, But 1517 Podcasting Network has, I think, 19 podcasts now. encourage you to check out some of the other podcasts available there. But always make sure to make your way back to... Let the bird fly. If you haven't before, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcatcher, especially Apple Podcasts is helpful. Five stars is great. Four stars is okay if it's funny. We've got some four stars that were funny. We can live with that. Yeah, and we can we can live with that. But five stars is great, too. It helps us pop up. It helps us game the algorithm. It's all about So game, that maybe yeah. when people are searching for something that we might be helpful for, we pop up a little bit sooner rather than than something heterodox. Mm. 
<laughs> we would. Yep. We would hate to have them led astray. That's right. So help That's us right. out if you are a friend of Orthodoxy. Yep. And uh, subscribe, rate, review, five stars, four stars only if it's if it's funny. We are continuing our travel series. We are uh, going through the trip that we will be leading. Uh, the cra- experience, the cradle of the Reformation, May 13th through 23rd of 2024, 11-day Germany tour, May 13th through 23rd, 2024. When was that again, Jason? May 13th through the 23rd of 2024. So we're a little bit under a year away. Uh, what is the cost? The cost for that is $4,977. What does that include? Everything except a few meals. Um, that's your airfare, that's the bus, uh, I'm guessing, air-conditioned bus, Jason, yes. Yep, uh, yep. And uh, that's travel, basically all the travel we're going to do, admission into the places that we will be going, tour guides that we'll have along the way, breakfast, uh, dinners, except for one maybe, maybe two we have to look, oh, we want yeah, to do to be able to wander one. one night. Um, that's your hotel stays. All of that good stuff is included in that price. If you register by July 13th, you will get $75 off of that. We do have numbers for the trip to be a go. We are about half full. We've about, well, we're not going to fully fill the bus. Our number is a little bit under fully filling the bus because we want you to have some room. Yep. And we want to have room for luggage and all that fun stuff. And it makes our group that much more nimble. Yes. But we, uh, we are half full. Yes. Or beyond um, for the numbers we're taking. I uh, would encourage, if you're thinking of going, reach out to us. Uh, we can do our best to answer any questions you might have. But we'd love to have a few more registering here. As we get closer to the school year, we'll probably pick up some students um, who will be looking ahead to that spring semester. Um, so I encourage you to get in if you're thinking of going, get registered. But reach out, let us know if you have questions. You can text or um, email us at podcast.letthebirdfly.com or you can uh, email either of us at WLC at firstname.lastname at WLC.edu. Wade Johnston, Jason, Oakland. All right, Jason. Um, we have now made our way to Dresden. Our last uh, session, we talked about Eisenach, Jena, and Buchenwald. So we've had the Vortburg, which has tons of German history. Mm-hmm. We've had Luther stuff from his time at the Vortburg and in Eisenach. We've had Johann Sebastian Bach stuff. We've had Jena. John Frederick, Karl Marx, Tyus Flatius, Lyricus, Martin Luther, you name it. Plenty of history there. We've had Buchenwald concentration camp from fascism, from Nazism. So we had a little bit of a somber experience. That night we made our way to Dresden. We are now having dinner in Dresden. We're going to stay our first night in Dresden. We're very happy with our hotel from what it looks like that we're going to have there. And then we're going to have a full day in Dresden. Dresden is, I think, still my wife's favorite city in Germany um, that we've been to. Um, it's one of mine. And I will say, as far as vibes, this may be our top vibe day um, because we're going to have time to just soak in Dresden. Uh, this is something we have in there for two reasons. A, I've been and I really like it. And B, Jason's not been. Right. right? And this is a chance for him to experience and uh Chance for you to experience it, too, because cause we're bringing people yeah. along, and maybe one of those people will be you, dear listener. Right. Should you so decide. Um, Jason, why don't you go ahead, if you don't mind, why don't you just read from the, the pamphlet sure. first here 
on what we have listed. So today we explore the wonderful Baroque city of Dresden, and this is the eighth day of the trip. Highlights include the magnificent palatial buildings around the theater plots and the Brühl terraces, and the many art treasures at the state museums. Germany's largest Protestant church, the Frauenkirche, has now been fully restored after being damaged during World War II. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach was the first to play on the Silberman organ when the church was originally built. Uh, then we make our way to Wittenberg for the overnight. So this is uh, kind of the last stop before we hit uh, Wittenberg. Um, and I think it's maybe a bit of an understatement um, when they say that the, the Frauenkirche was damaged during mm-hmm. World War II because uh, like much of Dresden, uh, which is a whole nother uh, story, but uh, it was, Dresden was firebombed and uh, the church was essentially demolished. I mean, yep. there was not much left of it. Yeah, and so this is, is part of the, the history of Dresden. So if you're, you're interested in Reformation stuff, but maybe you're also just interested in German history or more broadly, people can be interested in World War history often. Uh, World War II uh probably uh one of the things the allies did that was not great yeah um and that's not to say uh you know there weren't war crimes to go around and stuff right. like that but uh because it didn't have a, a huge strategic importance uh and it was meant to kind of just uh dishearten the citizenry of Germany uh, and it was late. It was late in the war, which that, that's the other thing, is that I think um, they had escaped largely unscathed in Dresden, and, uh, they, and I think um, we're kind of thinking, you know, well, we're going to make it through, and, and, and it was a beautiful city, and, right. and it was very uh, cultured, and, and um, the architecture and all this other stuff was, you know, very, very, um, and then... Uh, and and, I and know there that were, to, to be fair, um, when you study the history, the Allies were there were concerns of how many how many how many people are we going to lose invading, mm-hmm. right? If we don't kind of break the will, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it wasn't is, that just because it's late didn't mean that right. it, the war was over. Right? It was yeah. not. Yeah, right. that is correct. And and I think some of it too is that you know there's. I think debate about the how much you know strategic importance or lack thereof you know I mean but it was it was one it was seen after the fact certainly as uh being um it was very devastating I think to the German people and um and I think you know the 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 question was was that really necessary or not and um, but it certainly did take a toll on the city, and I think that idea of the they said you know like using fire bombing was uh, it was it was it was the fires largely that right. caused the the main damage. Um, so and you, and you can see still well when I was last there, which has been a while now, buildings that are charred. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean these were intense fires. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever, if you're a Kurt Vonnegut fan, 
And uh, who wouldn't be? Right. Well, that's. Oh yeah, I was. I was thinking we had a. We might have them somewhere in here. A good thing somewhere in. But, but Slaughterhouse Five will talks about the Dresden firebombing as well. So maybe a, if you're looking for a nice novel to read, yeah, ahead of the trip. But I think that is a very interesting part of uh, German history, World War Two history, and uh, just in general the development of war. Right, this. Uh, The 20th century, we sometimes don't realize how much changed. Mm-hmm. World War I was a new fighting style. And yep. you get this trench warfare, and it's terrible. And the, the gases that are used that eventually we try to say, like, okay, we're going to not, like, we're not going to use these um, anymore. Right? And that's still a controversy when people yep. allegedly do use them. You get the mechanization with World War Two, and one of the, the big developments now is bombing in wars mm-hmm. that you just can bombard uh, industrial sites, but cities as well. And, I mean, think of what the Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe was doing in the Battle for Britain. Yep. Um, yep. You, you just see large-scale destruction, um, which opens people's eyes, I think. You get the disillusionment that comes out of both world wars of like, yep. we're only getting better and better at like wrecking everything. We're supposed yeah. to be, you know, progressing. <laughs> yeah. This was when progress was supposed to be reaching its peak and uh, yeah. look at, look at what progress brought. Yeah. And so I think Buchenwald and Dresden have good reminders of us for um, uh, the complexity of, the human experience, but also just the history of the 20th century. Uh, so a lot of um, World War II then history connected with this because of the fire bombings. And it is something that's left its mark on the city, and, and so I, I, I find that terribly interesting. And on the and on the Frauenkirche itself, because some of that you'll notice the, the different colored bricks yep. in the building, and that those were bricks that were salvaged from the... From the bombing. Yeah, and here maybe is a good time to talk about the Frauenkirche then. So this is um, this is kind of the church for, if you were going to take, like, what would a church, Lutheranism inherited churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, namely churches became Lutheran. Right. They were already existing. They were built already. Right, and so you had kind of, this is what a church looks like. The Frauenkirche was kind of this ambitious thing. If, if we're going to take Lutheran theology and build a church that fits Lutheran theology, what would it look like? And the Frauenkirche is an attempt at that. Now people could debate if it, if it achieved its goal, whatever. I think it's striking. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this, this church is just kind of packed with meaning. Um, Dresden became a very important city for Lutheranism, especially after Moritz, the Judas of Meissen, mm-hmm. um, kind of steals the electoral title and Wittenberg, and we can debate that, you know, whatever. Yep. But uh, it becomes an important city for that line, um, that Saxon line of rulers. There will be a big mural there that we will see probably of all these electors, and they, they pattern themselves as Protestant rulers, right? They're important Protestant Lutheran leaders. And uh, so it's fitting for Dresden to have this church. And it's meant to emphasize preaching in the sacraments. It's, it's very much about being able to hear. 
It's kind of like a wraparound style. Yep. Um, pulpit but, altar are connected and and are they meant to be aesthetically connected and how you see things. Um, and that church was just destroyed mm-hmm. in the war. And in here we have a really kind of special thing, especially in a modern Germany that's not been, that already wasn't, and um, only became less so after the war, was not devoutly Orthodox Protestant like it used to have been Yep. in the territories that were. Right, yep. Uh, already in the 20th century, you've got rationalism's made its way in, higher criticism. Protestants had kind of lost the working class um, because the church was just associated with, like, the existing powers. and mm-hmm. um, So you had this kind of, like, bourgeois cultural Christianity. And then you, you did have confessional churches, too. But that was, it, that was not um, the norm in the ter- territorial churches anymore. And... Uh, and so it was, you had the old Lutherans, right, who were trying to hold on to these things. But they, uh, the, the Frauenkirche is very carefully and very expensively rebuilt. Yeah. And it takes a long time yep. for it to be completed. And, and this um, then, therefore, has not just religious importance, but uh, you can see the significance that these Germans then felt it had culturally, socially, historically, as well, and so it's interesting to see in that way too. Of okay, it's carefully rebuilt as it was. What, so what does it say about Lutheran theology? But also that they chose to do this and mm-hmm. and to to carefully rebuild and and expensively rebuild it. What does that you know tell us about uh, the relationship of the church and the state and, and of um, where Christianity is culturally and, and things of that sort. Um, I heard one of the worst sermons I've ever heard in it. <laughs> it was just on voting for the SPA day or whatever for elections <laughs> coming up. Yeah. Um, but it would be really cool to hear a really good sermon in there. So I'm sure maybe there's been yeah. a few. But any thoughts you have on that, Jason? Yeah, that, that's, I, I mean, I've only been able to kind of study this at a, at a distance because you've never been there personally. But but that idea of, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a contrast, I think, from some of the other churches that we see. Um, and I think too, like you say, you know, if, if, if you have like Roman Catholic theology put into brick and mortar, uh, to say what is the quintessential church, you're probably thinking St. Peter's in Rome or something like that. Right. Um, but this is kind of, you know, Lutheran theology put into brick and mortar, like you say. And I think, um, you know, the, the spectacle that you maybe see in some of the other churches, that especially ones that, you know, are Roman Catholic or came from Roman Catholicism, um, the spectacle for the eye uh, is what really stands out in a lot. I mean, it, it is a marvel to look at. Um, but, and not to say that this one isn't impressive, I mean, from a visual standpoint, but um, the most important thing with that is you, you're there to hear the word, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, and and then it's meant to highlight the means of grace. Yes, the means of grace as God comes to you in word and sacrament. And I think that that church in the round thing, which which we're maybe more comfortable with, and I mean we see a lot of that in our uh, day and age here in the states. Um, that was kind of a 
revolutionary thing when they did that there. And I think that I forget how many hundreds of people that, and, and it's maybe a couple of thousand people, but it's also shocking how the, in this church of, you know, how, however, whatever the capacity is, like how no seat is more than, you know, a, a relatively short distance away from a the stone's throw. Yeah, you know, and I and again, I don't know the the specific numbers off the top of my head, <laughs> but compared to like what we talked about in our experience with our visit to Italy, when we walked into St. Peter's, um, we were so far away mm-hmm. from what was going on in the front that we didn't even realize there was a service going on when we first walked in because there was just so much between when we where we walked in and what was going on in the front. Um, this is not necessarily the case in a in a structure like this. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, so, so those are just some things I think that uh, are striking um, and different. They're just different from what you see in maybe some of those other churches. And, um, and that's seeing that in person, I think, is going to be really interesting. Oh, and then I think the other thing that goes along with that is not only the word and sacrament, but the... Um, the w- willingness to incorporate the arts, right? Because you have uh, not only the visual component, but especially music, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was referenced kind of in the 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 blurb here about uh, the organ and how Bach was the first one to play on the organ when it was installed. Uh, but that idea of you know not only is it word and sacrament, but it's also music in the service of the gospel in word and sacrament, right? So so this is also an important component, which maybe gets a nod in some churches more than others, but it's definitely a focus uh, in this church. So so again, I think that all of those things, I'm really curious to see how that all comes together, what that all looks like, and to see that in person, finally, you know? So. Yeah. No, and, and I think um, finally with, with Dresden, uh, or I shouldn't say finally, but, but the, the other big thing, so we've talked World War II, we've talked Frauenkirche, is that Dresden was called the Florence on the Alba. Yeah. It, uh, it is, like Florence, uh, marked by a certain like consistency of architectural style or, or a, a consistent aesthetic in the Altstadt, at least, when you're uh, in the main center, uh, that is striking. And I think this is what we, why we left dinner up to people for, for this one. It's a place to, to wander, um, and we want to have some time in there. It's not that, you're, it's not that every building is a go-inside building, um, but there are a couple churches that are worth maybe just going in and checking out. But uh, it's definitely that just walking taking in the buildings, the architecture, the history, um, even just the bridges over the Elba. Uh, it's an open you know, square-type area. Um, maybe a nice place to be looking for a souvenir. I got a really nice uh, beer stein mm. in Dresden. Yep. Uh, Twelve Apostles. On awesome. It. Um, but uh, I would say of all the places we're going, one of the cities that maybe is the most fun to just wander as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that, that idea of the Florence 
Florence on the Elba, you know, I mean, as a place of um, where the citizenry um, was concerned about art and architecture and, and these type of things, to say that this is, this is, you know, a chance to, you know, make this really um, a unique place and one that uh, is, you know, a place that others will look at and say, you know, hey, they they do things well, they do it right, they they this is a place where I would like to be, um, and I think that's that's the type of feel I think that you and and why, um, you know, I, why there is maybe this thought in in Dresden that um, they recognize the cultural importance of this place and they're going to spare it in the war, um, and then that maybe led to also a bit of overconfidence in that, given that they're at the stage of hostilities that they were. Right. But yeah. And, I mean, they're, you're almost in the Czech Republic yeah. when you're interested in that. That's where a lot of Russians were coming from. Yep. And I think that, you know, j- just kind of talking about, like, the vibe of the city, uh, which I'm hoping that this we're going to have opportunity... Um, I think we, I think we've intentionally left this day a little more open. We'll have a little bit of a drive, I think, to get to Wittenberg, but it's not terrible. Not terrible, no. And, and I think if I remember, our hotel is like the same block as the, like right across the the courtyard, right across the plaza from the Frauenkirche. If I, I mean, we're right down in the midst of it. This well, because this city. is where we had the one that was a little further out, and then yeah. we switched it, right? Yeah, where we had originally, um, we originally booked a little farther out. And we said, "Well, we actually would like to be a little bit closer and have people have the opportunity to to walk around a bit more and check this place out." And so, and you know, props to Imagine for accommodating our request, and yeah, hopefully uh, that's a great experience for people in this um, beautiful city, although rebuilt, but still. Still a beautiful place. So. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it, I I don't want to give the impression that the that Dresden was just flattened. Right. Um. You're seeing a lot of old buildings that are old buildings. Fra- the Frauenkirche was mm-hmm. largely flattened. Um. But there's a lot where you can tell the existing structure. Yeah. Made it through with repairs because it's charred. Yeah. Um. There's a lot still of the Florence of the Alba. There. Right. Yeah. Which and again where where the idea the fires. The fires were the most damaging thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not right. um, the explosions necessarily, but it was the fires that were the most telling. Yeah, the heat, I think. You, the counts of the heat is just yeah. That that some of those things, it's it's scary, but uh, yep. But yeah, but yeah. This is this I, this is maybe the spot that I'm looking forward to the most, just because this is one of one of the places that is brand new to me yet so yeah so yeah i'm definitely looking no and i'm to it. i haven't been in a while and so i'm looking forward to getting back uh as well and, and there's a lot of lutheran history connected with it as we've we've hit on mm-hmm. i look forward to showing people the mural yeah uh, if we make it that way yeah um of the various electors and then we can hiss at Moritz. right right judas yeah. of mice the judas of mice we uh we probably don't want to jump too much into Wittenberg right now. We're at about twenty eight minutes, Jason, at this right. point. So uh why don't we just kinda of rehash a little bit 
Um, what's taken us to day eight, I'll walk through and you can, uh, you can tell me if I've messed up. But uh, we got in day one. Um, day two, we have Rudisheim and Mainz. And, uh, well, we departed USA, I should say, day one. Day two, we get in, we have our cruise. We get to see Mainz, Mainz, big cathedral, printing press. Um, lots of interesting history there, but but not a frantic pace, right? We're right. able to kind of just enjoy stuff. Uh, day three, we're going to have Worms, uh, the the Luther Monument, the Reformation Monument, kind mm-hmm. of a fun, unique monument. Yep. Cathedral, um, and the, the Here I Stand moment from the Diet of Worms. Heidelberg, which is just a neat city to kind of take in. We get to be just touristy in, in Heidelberg. Um, and then Mainz again, so you're going to get to know Mainz. Uh, day four, we're going to be at Nuremberg, which is just a really cool city to be able to take in. Another city that has lots of Lutheran history, but also just has a bunch of German history as well. We'll get to know uh, Nuremberg. Day five, we've had Coburg and Erfurt. You're getting your first fortress. Yeah. Um, to be in it, at least, we'll see fortresses on the cruise. Um, but at Erfurt, one of my favorite cities. Um, City of Spires, uh, Luther's Monastery, the two famous towering churches next to each other, um, the old bridge, lots of great stuff. Day six, Eisenach, uh, the Wartburg, um, but earlier Luther history too. He went to school there, Bach. Maybe we'll get a beer at the Berners Keller, my favorite mm-hmm. restaurant in Germany. Day seven, Jena, um, the university. Luther had, had stayed there. Um, we get some Karl Marx, Fichte. Bullwhip, <laughs> Spurs, Buchenwald, some more sovereign, uh, somber history uh, from fascism. We'll get into Dresden, and then day eight, we're both excited for a full day in Dresden. Where are we going? We're going to have day nine in Wittenberg, so a day in Luther City, which is, um, it's enough to really get a sense for the city, uh, and uh, and we will do that, I think, very well, get a sense for yep. the city and Luther's footprint there, as well as other reformers. And I think, you know, one Jason of the things may just even mention Bugenhagen. I may. Yeah. I may. I may have to. If he does, I'll have to curse Wittenberg. Yep. Because my guy, he had to leave in order to remain faithful. That's right. Yeah. The hero <laughs> of the ref. The, the hero. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, I think the other thing that'll be kind of neat with our. So we'll, we'll, we'll have two nights in Wittenberg which means, you know, have a little bit more of a relaxed day, that, f- that full day there, um, which should also give, you know, give you a chance not only to, to take in the things that we're going to take in, but to um, maybe do, if, if you're looking for Luther tchotchkes or things like that, yeah. you know, Wittenberg's really the place to get them. And there's and some nice places to grab some beers. Yep, there are. There's some nice places to just kind of sit. And, and Wittenberg a is... A late-night donor yeah. a beer. Yep. Now you're... Now you're you're talking Wade's language. Yes, there you go. And this is true travel. And this is, uh, you know, it's the uh, especially the the old part of town. I mean, it's it's like one strip. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's I think very um, it's it's a little bit quiet, but at the same time, it's very non-threatening. You know, for for people, you know, you feel like you can get out, walk around, shop, do stuff, and yeah, so. So I'm 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 glad that we're that we have as much time there as we do because I know on a couple of previous ones, um, you know we got to Wittenberg and time was shorted a little bit um, 
and you're trying to get in the things that you're that right. you need and to we do. wanted to be very intentional and in, in yeah. not rushing in Wittenberg and so giving people a little bit of chance to walk around or do shopping or whatever um, there I think will also be helpful um, that we will have after that Berlin mm-hmm. and we'll get our day in Berlin and we will have our farewell dinner in Berlin um, so you'll get a to experience kind of the big city life um, yep. of Germany. And then we'll make our way back. But hopefully you're getting a good sense for the trip. And I would say, uh, oh, I hope it sounds enjoyable. It should be. Right? There's going to be pretzels. Oh, yeah. There's going to be beer. There's going to be cheese all wrapped up in, in, yep. in these experiences as well. We haven't, we did earlier sessions on the food in that. But, yep. but uh, and there will be fun conversation. Mm-hmm. I may even have a couple jokes on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I'll run them by good. Jason first just to make sure they're appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Elizabeth. I, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe uh, she can. I, I offered her to come on. I said we're going to be talking more, you know, uh, Germany today. She was off of work today, but she oh, nice. she did pass. So, Our listeners should know. I uh, So I, my wife and I, we, we purchased an old farm truck. So a 2000 S10. Mm. I'm from one of her relatives, and so it's a. Uh, I recently got some work on on it, to, and I've got it running. It's it's kind of running smooth like butter now, Jason. That's good. But That's uh, good. I did some stuff, and then I took it in for some stuff, and I drove it down to Maguanago, which is where Jason is. Yeah, he resides. Yes. Um, and I was gonna just kind of like pull around and be up front and like call him, and be like, "Look out your window," and then wave and leave just to confuse him. <laughs> but unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, um, yeah. but his wife caught me. She was out in the driveway, yep. and so when I was when I was busting the UE, <laughs> I was gonna get ready to call, and she's like, "Oh, wait, come on in, whatever." She insisted I have an ice water, yep. because I would not take another beverage, because look, the trucklet takes your focus. All right, driving. sure. But she is in the garage, yep. detailing. Jason's car. <laughs> and she explained she had just done their van. Yep. I wonder, well, I wonder what Jason's doing. You know what Jason was doing? Drinking a beer in a koozie. <laughs> There's a beer in a koozie. And then he tried to say he was doing some other work. Uh, yeah, I was. While his wife, in the smoke and heat. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a and warm And she day. was doing a, a good job, too. Yeah, she was. Which yeah. bothered me because <laughs> he will just enjoy that. I do, yep. I, I already have. So. so if anybody just ever is looking for little windows into Jason's enchanted life, <laughs> she yep. better not have mowed the lawn for you after that. No, no. I I mowed the lawn. Well, we she she does the trimming, I do the mowing and it's it's a good system. So But that was the next But day. I did appreciate Elizabeth got day. home while I was there. Yep. And she seemed equally bothered by the fact that her mom details. Right. Yeah. Which father's car. I had asked Elizabeth if she wanted to. I told her. Nope. She nope. never should do that for a man. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And I, she was man very much on take board care with of his own that vehicle. Scene, so, yeah. Does <laughs> she put gas in it for you, too? No. I'm usually the one pumping all the gas. So. Oh. True Christian martyr. Mm hmm. All right. Well, uh, that will wrap up, I think, this session. Uh, we'll pick up next time. Wittenberg probably get a day here. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have one more maybe on Berlin. 
Um, we hope you're enjoying the sessions. We apologize if there was background noise with the AC. I guess I'll find out when I produce this if there was. But we are uh, we are men of uh, who have been blessed with some mass. Yep. And it's really hot. It is. And so um, we were able at least to be a little bit more comfortable as we as we recorded this for you. Um, we look forward to joining you again as we will pick up with Wittenberg. And we hope you're having a good summer. Uh, to our Midwestern listeners, we hope you're uh, avoiding too much of the, the smoke from Canada. Yes. They are throwing some smoke they are. at us. And we hope that no matter what, um, you are joining us in letting the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round won't get me down. 